What we learned. Make no mistake, he knew exactly what he was doing. For me, that is the overriding lesson of impeachment part two. For weeks, I had been questioning my knee-jerk liberal view that of course Trump should be convicted. Of course he incited the riot. But in the back of my mind, some classroom training or First Amendment talk around the family dinner table kicked in. Trump did not explicitly call for a riot, I thought. He actually mentioned peaceful protest in his meandering, unhinged talk at the Ellipse behind the White House on January 6th. And that's where I come down. If the impeachment charge was that Trump incited the riot that day, there is an argument to be made that he was not guilty. It was an argument his terrible lawyers on the Senate floor made with all the incompetence they could muster. What is surely impeachable, and what should have convicted him, is the totality of his behavior during the election. It wasn't what he did on one day. It was his actions over months and months. He committed high crimes and misdemeanors by trying to overturn the election and subvert democracy through intimidation, misinformation, violence, and misuse of the office. For me, it is the phone call to the elections official in Pennsylvania urging him to, quote, find, unquote, more votes to swing that state to Trump's favor that in some ways is worse than the speech. Thank goodness the official taped the call. Trump really did want to overturn the election. The harder part we must face is that in our comfort and our assumption that democracy would just be there to save us, we elected a criminal who never cared about democracy in the first place. He wanted to stop the counting of the Electoral College votes so that Vice President Mike Pence would force the election to the House of Representatives. Or as House Manager Jamie Raskin of Maryland said, quote, All of his concentration was on thwarting the count so that the Vice President would be forced to say there is a need for a contingent election. That is what the President had in mind, and he came dangerously close to succeeding. And at that point, he could have also decried the chaos and declared martial law, unquote. I hadn't really understood that until I watched the trial. Here's what else we learned at impeachment part two. It was important to do this. History is important. It's important that most Americans now know that Trump is a crook who tried to steal the election. Even the Republicans who voted to acquit him know this. Look at Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell's floor speech in which he assigns all the blame to Trump for the riot. McConnell voted to acquit in one of the great shape-shifting political acts of all time, but he fingered the criminal on national TV. We now have a growing factual record of what actually happened, and that record is a reminder of our failure as citizens to care about our democracy when we elected a person who cares about nothing. Race is always there under the surface. Look no further than Trump's legal defenders, older white men pining for the days of, quote, law and order, unquote, without protest, of a suburban America where people know their place. They became most animated when they decried the violence of Black Lives Matter protests, as if they are somehow equal to a mob hunting for House Speaker Nancy Pelosi after erecting a gallows outside the building. The lawyers could have been brothers in their white maleness. It was hard to tell them apart. We learned about impeachment. 
The impeachment and Senate trial forced us to listen more. Some of us reread the Constitution's provisions for impeachment. We talked about it on TV and in the U.S. House and the U.S. Senate. We conducted a civics lesson for ourselves. We exercised the democracy muscle. We created a record for the next time and for the next generation, and I hope it sticks. We learned the terrible toll of the riot. For the law and order crowd, it wasn't just a dead police officer. One police officer lost an eye. Another lost fingers. One was shocked so many times with a taser gun that he suffered a heart attack. More than 150 D.C. and Capitol Police were injured. Two others committed suicide. We watched one officer being tortured by the mob, begging for his life. It's horrifying. We learned that Americans can do amazing things. Representative Raskin, the lead impeachment manager, presented the case just days after the suicide of his own son. We learned that the system doesn't always create courage. Madison designed the system to promote self-interest, thinking that a battle of ideas would lead to better outcomes. That system, better than most, means senators will act in their political self-interest even when they came inches away from being kidnapped or killed. We learn the Republican Party is completely broken. To this day, Trump has not called Mike Pence to acquire about his experience. I rarely see Republicans at the national and local level recount the horror of the day or take responsibility for what happened. Again, it is left to a Vermonter, Governor Phil Scott, a Republican, to condemn Trump for what happened. In the end, This impeachment exercise was necessary because it reminded us of how the country works and how it can break down if you stop paying attention. With Mitch McConnell's floor speech, ironically, we now have an historical record that Trump was responsible for an attempted coup, a takeover of the federal government, like Jefferson Davis. He may not have incited it, but he caused it over four dreadful years a gradual yet sudden act. I hope we learn something.